This is the best of daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson from Believer's Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Go to jfbelievers.com for more information. The Gospel of John, Chapter 7. Verse 28 says, Jesus therefore cried out in the temple teaching and saying, You both know me and know where I am from. I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you don't know. I know him because I am from him, and he sent me. Jesus here readily acknowledged his humanity. He says, indeed, yes, yes, I am currently from Nazareth. Yes, you know my mother and my siblings, but what you do not know is the one who sent me. It was clear that the people could not, well, we would say, think out of the box. They brought all of their religious preconceptions to the table with them. And Jesus had to fit into them or he just was out categorically. Jesus, however, left them with no ambiguity. He didn't soft pedal it. He didn't try to dance around the facts. Nor should we ever when it comes to the reality of Jesus Christ. Verse 30, they sought therefore to take him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. They sought therefore to take him, quote unquote. So it's a case of we are offended by your words and even though we think we're God's chosen children and quite holy, now we're going to kill you. (laughs) Sounds crazy, but there certainly are plenty of people who call themselves Christians today who come close to such a statement. They may not physically assassinate you, but they will certainly assassinate your reputation and character, all the while claiming to possess intrinsic holiness. God always gets the final word on these matters, and no one lays a hand on God's delegates unless he so allows it. The Father in this case did not allow it because it was not his time yet. It did not yet serve God's greater plan and glory. Notice that Jesus was not hiding from the people, despite the very overt danger. He didn't travel in a bulletproof car with a crew of bodyguards. In fact, he was out in the open, just as you and I should be. He trusted his father to protect him and open the doors of ministry before him. And you know, God always did, just as certainly as he does today for his ministers. Verse 31, we read, But of the multitude many believed in him. They said, When the Christ comes, he won't do more signs than those which this man has done, will he? The Pharisees heard the multitude murmuring these things concerning him, and the chief priests and the Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Then Jesus said, I will be with you a little while longer than I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and won't find me. You can't come where I am. Through it all, there were those who indeed had come on board and believed. There were those who reasoned this issue out, thinking, what more would we expect from the Messiah than what Jesus has delivered? Such was indeed the correct thinking, even though they couldn't have possibly grasped all the facts and all the prophetic fulfillment to the degree that we have it today. I mean, even a cursory review of the historical facts will bring one to the very clear conclusion that if Jesus was not and is not the long-awaited Messiah, There never will be one. 
And it's a sad acknowledgement that we have so much evidence uh, that Jesus is the Messiah, so much more than those in Jesus' day, yet we so often refuse to believe it. Way back in 70 AD, upon the siege of Titus, we know that the temple was burnt to the ground, and in that burning, all the Jewish lineage and historical data was destroyed. Thus, the truth today is that any self-proclaimed Messiah would be unable to prove his family tree, which would essentially then uh, refuse or reject his mantle of Savior-Redeemer. People around Jesus in that day, well, they had no trouble knowing him or his family lineage or his upbringing or his miraculous ability. They knew who he was. Now, Jesus was frank and he was upfront with them from the very beginning. He said, I won't be here very long. I am soon to depart and go with, to be with my father. Then if you want to find me, you will not be able to. We must know that there is a very real, too late scenario before God. One in which he will acknowledge your decision and your hard heart and give you what you want. An eternity away from God and away from all Christians. It's called the unpardonable sin, and it means game over. If you want to know more about that, read Proverbs 1, 24-31. Verse 35 says, The Jews therefore said among themselves, Where will this man go that we won't find him? Will he go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this word that he said, You will seek me and find me, and where I am you can't come? It was clear from this passage that the Jews didn't get it. But to understand just what Jesus was saying, they would have to first accept the truth of his reality. And in that, they simply were unwilling. You know, there is no greater blindness than the blindness of unbelief. It is as real as any physical blindness that we might suffer from. The old saying goes, there are none so blind as those who will not see. You see, these people could not receive the truth because they, in truth, did not want to receive the truth. The time would come for these folks, as it will for each one of us, that our opportunity to come to Christ to serve his kingdom will pass. We must never be lulled into the idea that there is not a too late. For some of us, this will come at a sudden end of our lives. For others, there will be a, well, a confirmation of our rejection. Again, the unforgivable sin. One of rejection of God's Spirit. And then we will join what we call today the walking dead. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near." That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. To learn more about Tim Dodson or Believer's Church, visit jfbelievers.com.